Bienvenue, vous écoutez Le chemin et le but. Oh là là. Today with you. Emma, Christian et Cyprien. Oui, oui, oui. We talk about many different things. For example, traveling, all the crazy experiences from crazy places around the world. Yeah, meditation, vipassana retreats, spirituality. But honestly, most of all, for me, talking with Sip is always just a quote waiting to happen. It is. Sip is the best. We love him. <laughs> Hopefully you get a lot of motivational quotes and inspiration from this conversation, as we did. Mm. Yeah, he speaks a little bit about his music as well. So mm. the link is going to be down in the description if you want to follow his work now that he's back into mixing music. Oh la la. Which I'm super proud of him to, for doing again. On y va. Good morning, guys. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> How are you? Um, feeling good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Especially since one or two hours, uh, it's nice to have spent time with you before, just to mm. connect, like to be True. in the same mood. And yeah. yeah, usually we take about one or two hours to record, but the whole experience is maybe three, four, five hours, like yeah, with okay. breakfast and the after tea and. <laughs> Yeah, you, you feed your guests. Yeah, of <laughs> all to all to make us feel all very very nice and connected. And I love spending time with you, so win yeah, win. <laughs> Perfect. Win win win. Okay, so for the beginning, can you tell us something about yourself? What would you say? Who are you? Well, one side of me could say like I'm a young male, 30 years old, having no job, and uh, <laughs> no, I don't feel like that's who I am. Fuck, it's harder than I thought. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, a hard, it's a hard question. Yes. Okay, I'm basically somebody who will deeply like others and I feel I'm fulfilled and I feel like in harmony when I can have a positive impact around me. Mm. So, um, which has some sometimes like downside because you, you depend on others. So if you have nobody to, to give or to share things, you've... I sometimes feel like not really full wall, but basically it's like yeah, having a positive impact around me and make my surroundings a better place. Like for me, it can be like for cooking for somebody mm. or just talking with people and by sharing my issues, create like a safe space for them to uh, share their, their, those issues with me. Just yeah, helping people. For me, ex um, exp expression, expression is a big part of my life, and I feel like I exist when I express myself. Wow! And, and if I can't express myself, wow, it's the my inner self. Like there's a storm inside me. Like I, I feel like it's like when you eat, you eat, but like you're unable to digest anything. Mm. Mm, yeah. And to express myself can be through music through words, writing, jungling, or even cooking, because I think, thanks spices. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, you can express yourself in so many playful way, we just let the, um, 
creative energy flow and like stay in harmony. Because if I shut the door and I, I sometimes like I, I think everybody like if I feel that I can't express myself, it's like yeah once again like if you you take in you take in you take in and then like it's getting full and full and basically everything like start to fight each other like inside yourself and it brings only confusion. So. I appreciate yeah, that. that's very interesting things. Like the question, like who you are, and how you see yourself. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's like you probably you could get the same answer, but like from a different approach. Mm-hmm. I see myself as a support, so I'm. Mm-hmm. I feel like I exist through other people, and also like I'm in in a bridge. I'm a bridge. Like I have one foot on the side and the other foot on the other side, and sometimes it's hard to keep the balance. Mm-hmm between both because like I really I really like for example high spiritual wisdom but I also love sarcasm and dark humor <laughs> and like very dirty you yeah humor um, expression way of expression and sometimes it's hard like to when you have one foot on one foot on one side and a, a foot on the other side I like both who am I like you sometimes stuck in the middle and sometimes it's really easy to find like the harmony and sometimes it's like well, it's maybe time to choose a, 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 a side. Well, no. You don't have to, because you're everything, yeah. 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 It's also interesting what you started with. It reminded me of Into the Wild. How it finishes is exactly this. Like, uh, I feel happiness when I'm sharing it. Yeah. Is what you said, something like that. So I feel this is the same idea. Exactly. We watched it two days ago. Oh, yeah. No <laughs> way! <worries. laughs> nice. Oh. Mm. Do you um, like it? Yeah. Never watched it before. I was like, okay, you, here. (laughs) (laughs) The other challenge is like, when you feel like you're living through others as a support, Mm -hmm. is also finding your own strength to be okay by yourself and Mm -hmm. not be emotionally or other dependent. And yeah, that's what I'm working on at the moment. (laughs) Nice. Beautiful. So you said you express yourself a lot through music and cooking and... Yeah. Other stuff so. What do you do? You write you said you're writing as well? What do you write? Uh, yeah. Mainly um, at the moment just a diary. I don't I don't have a big trust on my memory. I forget facts very easily. And like full uh, life is so rich at the moment when you're traveling because you're always around very flexible people from mm-hmm. different culture, from different background who can reinvent themselves and like not, not stuck in the roles they've been given at home by their like childhood, childhood friends or their parents or many inspiring people. And I like really like being in this envi- rich environment, like full of color, creativity mm. and go with the flow, like to do things you didn't plan, but just see how it feels right now. And like somebody shows up and like, oh, you're doing that? Oh, that's a great idea. I'm coming with you. And, and so you start, you're leaving your your house in the morning and just for, for like for one mission and you never know like what this mission go, to what this mission gonna lead mm. and like you just come back at 6 p.m. or sometime midnight at the end of the day like whoa 80% of my day was not planned but wow so many things happen mm. like okay yeah let's go to bed and let's yeah, see what yeah. tomorrow is bringing uh, especially in Wakey because yeah, like yeah. these surprised so surprised this and people you know like at every corner and if you open to it so much come so much 
so many things comes to you. Um, so yeah, I'm writing mainly to to crystallize, to make sure that the, those memories are not lost. Mm -hmm. And I love the idea of like when you're 80 years old or 70 or 60, like and you open the book and you're reading your life like 40 years ago wow. with like your emotions and mm. yeah, yeah. like not not just the fact, but how at that time you reacted you reacted to it. And sometimes I'm writing, um, opening my diary. I wrote like at my first travel like six, seven years ago. Mm. And I was like, oh, this fact happened. And like, oh, I, I reacted in a very childish way. Like, no, I wouldn't give a fuck. But like at that moment, like, oh, I was very sensitive and I couldn't channel my emotion very well. So it's, it's really interesting to see how like, oh, I reacted this way before, but I would never do it this way now. Like, I wouldn't feel so bad about this. Or I wouldn't feel good about this anymore. Mm. So, um, so you see your growth, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Do you uh, imagine having children and reading to them or to your grandchildren on your knees and reading stories of your life? Of um, Grandpère Cyprien. Allons-y, les enfants. No, yeah, de definitely. Uh, I wouldn't read exactly what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> but at least like yeah I would is I would like like you doing with your podcast I would read it in, uh, in yeah, my head and like yeah. say what needs to be said <laughs> and give the rest for me <laughs> nice and and yeah um, but and otherwise like some poetry sometimes um, also some philosophical thoughts I need mm -hmm. I have in my head writing it down is like putting some orders in it is like if your room is really messy, this you have your um, you have your toys here. You have your, like everything is mixed and mixed up. And like basically, you I put it on paper like just to take this idea, this idea, mm. and organizing them together in order to make something coherent, 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 yeah. yeah. um, out of it. And yeah, otherwise like ex basically expression, as I told you in the kitchen before. These some words are really limited, and these things you can't you can't express with word. That's why I'm yeah. I like to make some music, electronic, and most of the time psychedelic. I like sweet melodies, but it always have some. Mm. It has to some put some psychedelic noise or we nice. weird noise in it. Do you have some place where you put all the music? Uh, yeah, I have a SoundCloud. Yeah. I didn't practice. I didn't do it like the last two years because because my computer yeah. crashed. I always found an excuse like, oh, I will buy a computer. Enjoying so much not traveling with a computer and like, mm -hmm. well, having more time to spend in the outside world. Yeah, yeah. But now, yeah, I really miss Would it. Would you like us to link it under the podcast? So people can find you. If you no, no, like no, it. yeah, definitely. Nice. Maybe a motivation to do something as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to keep it updated. I mean, I would love to hear it. I love this kind of music, so. Yeah. Especially no, 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 French no. for me from the last rave that we've been to <laughs> really impressed me. So yeah. I'm keen to hear more crazy stuff like that. Like it's yeah, good, it's good it's not super clean. Like it's a bit of like I always like um like played with. Like it's like food like oh a bit of this, a bit of that. Of course, and yeah. see what what happens. But it's listenable now. So. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it's your expression, your playing yeah. it. Nice. Mm. Do you sometimes also like work as a DJ? Uh, no, and that's uh, next what I would like to to practice more because mm. I always been like, yeah, uh, I didn't practice my live things. I'm more like I'm really like like writing 
uh, on a computer like you choose your word and like no this one is not good you remove it you choose another word i like having time to try different melody try different sounds sometimes i just like i have a list of 100 sounds and like i know that at this time of the of the music i need like this kind of sound and i'm just gonna try like 50 sound mm. 50 different that. sample mm. one after the other and like oh this sounds good okay but i can find better and i keep like just trying 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 until like whoa yeah one. this one this is it, yeah, yeah. and but yeah but i miss like it's nice to share your your music on soundcloud on via a platform yes. uh, through a platform but yeah i think the when you produce music one of the you doesn't you doesn't cook food delicious food like if there's nobody to eat it yeah. like and the same way i think well except if it's for you but <laughs> but with art you like the good thing like the thing with art is like you really want to share it with other people and and being able to to dj is one of the purest way to share your mm. music That's it's not like player. somebody who has to go on your page and click the music click on the yeah. Music, yeah. you're holding the experience for them. Yes. Yeah, and the live as well. Like when they get together, it's one thing to listen through headphones, and it's totally another if you're yeah, with even three people and you're playing. You know, it's magic. Yeah. Let alone hundred people. I would yeah, love yeah. to hear you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But also, you know what they say that even if you do art just for yourself and nobody will ever hear it or see it, angels are always watching your art and they they enjoy it so much. <laughs> And oh, that's true. Like so, so many times, like, and that's why I think it's really important to have fun when you practice your your art. Because if you do it just for other people, then you're gonna have expectation of oh, what they would like or what they, mm -hmm. and then you cannot really bring out your 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 inner emotion or what you need to let go. Um, one of the one of one of my favorite track, I just did it. Uh, when I was like in a, a sad moment of my life because I was in love with a girl who uh, she was not loving me back the same way I, uh, I was loving her and I was very disappointed and very nostalgic not nostalgic but a bit in a sad mood and um, the first and basically the first part of the I started doing this music about uh, melancholy mm. and in the middle of the it really helped me like to deal with my melancholy like to put this emotion to mm. put a sound on Out. my feeling uh, about what I was feeling inside me and I think I was still in the middle of this track and I decided to basically well to tell to tell her like in like but knowing that the answer would be no but I was like so obsessed with her that I really needed to hear this no from her like to move on because I was it was not possible to move on otherwise and so I asked her, she said no, it was a bit painful, and but basically it helped me to move on. Then I finished this track and the second uh, part of the track is way more cheerful. Mm -hmm. and, and whenever I listen to this track, it makes me smile because like, I can see like, yeah, I was producing this music until now. Oh, and that happened. And you can see the, the transition in the track and in my life. Like, Amazing. yeah, like both fits. I get this so much because sometimes we have to express something to heal it, to, to give the way to our energies to just you know deal with it and to heal yeah. it. it's amazing. <laughs> I think that's one of the first 
one of the most powerful lessons I got from my mother, mm. I, I think I was for, no, not the first one, but one of the most powerful lessons I got from my mother, I was maybe 13 or 14, and, and really often, like, I was stuck in my head with some issues, or if I was in love with a girl, or if somebody did something to me I, I didn't really like, and basically it was like, bring, bringing me a lot of confusion and I was easily stuck in my head with an idea or concept and sometimes I was if it lasts more than a few days I was talking to my mother about it and while I was talking to her in my brain I was like re-evaluating re-eval- the situation I was like why am I talking that to her? why am I talking to her about that because it's not it's not that bad after all and and I was catching myself saying, okay, next time you you show you, your weakness or you you make such a big drama about something and then you have to talk to it to your mother, make sure it's really worth it. Like, don't put you in such an emotional distress about, like, such little things. And basically, I thought um, I just misjudged the situation, but it took me, like, three or four times to realize that every time a big drama was moving to, oh, it's not that bad after all, just because I was talking to her about that. Mm. So it was not that I misjudged the situation, it was not worth it, just the fact of putting words on it and telling that to her and hearing my voice aloud saying that to her, that in the end I was just coming back to my senses and I'm like, yeah, no, it's not bad, it's not that bad. So, and I think I really kept um, this knowledge with me like and now every time clear and transparent communication uh, really help wounds uh, to heal so, like way faster than, and instead of like just keeping f- things for yourself and and that's why i think expression and art is so important for me now because rather with words or just with sound or, or drawing or because i really feel like every time there's confusion uh, a storm inside me. Expression really lets um, the dirty water go out of yourself and purify the water remaining uh, in yourself. Yeah, it's weird picture, but yeah, while uh, if I shut the door and don't let the creative energy flow, and, and the water, when the water is muddy or, or dirty, it's hard to get clarity, I think, in yourself. Yes, true. I think a lot of times in this podcast we already talk about it that emotions it actually just means something in motion so you have to keep it in motion and keep it going and flowing otherwise it's gonna get stagnant and it's gonna create yeah. blocks and it's exactly what you're saying to express it to keep it in motion to let it flow like emotion in motion yeah <laughs> energy in motion <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like it's a double-edged sword <laughs> yeah, like, it is. <laughs> if it's if you let it out then it's could go anywhere and bring you very far mm. to your, your highest truth or, or make yeah keep you very like clean and out of disturbance but if you shut the door yes um creative energy gonna ac- uh, get accumulated inside you and like like a raging river like could destroy everything on on its way yes so what all would you consider as expression? Like, I know what you do a little bit, like, uh, like you said, music and stuff, but 
also the physical stuff from juggling and would you say that yoga for example is the same or meditation you know because you're mm-hmm. still is this still your expression or just like letting the emotion flow or is this another thing for you where do you have a line or is just whatever i do when i'm not just stuck is is expression mm, i i see it uh, it's two two different things for me but i think i just make a distinction distinction just because meditation and yoga i really do it for myself and doesn't need to be mm-hmm. watched or listened or it's just something very personal while expression or art is made like from oh i took my emotion out of me i channel it through words or music and then i offer it to the world mm-hmm. while yeah yoga and meditation is just like well, i just took my emotion out of myself and just yeah just put them away like I have to find the right way to say this. It's connecting really nice what you're saying with what you started with. How your expression of connection in the world is through serving other people. So your -hmm. expression of emotion is something that people can also see, sense, perceive. Yeah. Go through with you maybe or, you know, sense it in their own way. But something that you do for yourself is purely, you know, for you and without thinking of anyone but you. Because, yeah, I made a distinction between what I want to show to other people and what I want to keep for myself. Mm-hmm. But now I think about it, it served the exact same purpose. How I feel before yoga and after yoga in the morning, it's too diff- it's so obvious. Like, I feel so much more clearer and better after yoga. That's why I keep doing it every morning. I'm not really into, like, yoga or, like, this pose or this pose. I'm just, like, I just know my sun salutations. I just do it every morning and it's, like, a tool. I, I don't... I don't really care about getting better at yoga. It's just like how I feel before and how I feel after. Mm-hmm. It's like no, no way for me to not doing it because there's such a big difference mm-hmm. and bring me like so much. It wake, wake, wake up my, wakes my body basically. And my mind is way clearer after that. Uh, what you've said before make me think about what you want to share to the world. And for me, um, make me think about how transparency is really important to me. Because nowadays, like, society, society, um, society. <laughs> uh, encourage us to just show the best part of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of fake and pretend to be something or, or another. Just choose the best moment, you know. Yeah. Present like life is just good or just the best or just... Yeah, shiny. and I think that's the worst you can do. Because yeah. I was reading... Um, Facebook status a few days ago about a friend saying like oh even if you if you're crying inside just put a big smile uh, on your face because like everybody's suffering and they have already enough to think about with their own problems I don't want to add my problem on the top of it Mm. and I think that's that's actually the worst thing you can do because you lie to yourself so you lie to others and by pretending like no I'm alright look at me I'm smiling I have no problem well, if everybody thinks the same way, then everybody gonna suffer inside by their own and put a big, sm- put a big smile on their face. And you're gonna judge yourself so much harder because, like, you see, because we, you can see only what's happening in yourself, and it's mm-hmm. harder to see what's happening in others. And everybody's smiling, you're just gonna feel like, wow, what's wrong with me? Like everybody's, well, yeah, everybody's so happy most of the time, or at least like they deal so much better with the issue than I do. 
that yeah. oh, something must be wrong with me and like and you feel alone you feel disconnected from what's around you because you think you're, you're the only one suffering and it took me a long time to to understand that but i i felt so much better uh, in my daily lives um, the day i understood like everybody's suffering and i'm not the only one i'm not just weaker than others because I'm emotionally too sensitive or I can't deal with my emotion. So it's a selfish in a way because it's when when I understood, oh, everybody's suffering. Oh, great. Life is so much better now. <laughs> but... Well, you discovered you're not alone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that and every... You can have like economic stability or... For me, for example, women when uh, were a big, uh, big problem when I was younger. I was super shy and I couldn't deal with, with my emotions. And basically I was seeing like all these, all these men who could seduce and were super at ease with girls. For them like they, they were happy because like they look confident, they know who they, who they were. And just I realized, when I realized wow, every, even people who have money or all the girls they want or who look very, very confident, we all have issues in ourselves. So basically it's like well, everybody's suffering, it's just like some people are better at pretending they're not. Mm. And as you said before, when you're open when you're open with your issues, when you share your issues, you open a space for others to share, to share their issues as well. And you actually create the space where we can all heal together. Yeah. But if we all pretend, then no one will be able mm. to heal. Yeah, you shut the door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the no. energy will stay inside. Mm. It's funny how you talk about this, um, how we are supposed or how we are taught to behave or be. Because mm -hmm. we are always, always going back to this, what is normal? Normal is just a bullshit illusion that we all participate in, while it's very distant from anyone, you know? Like, nobody's really experiencing normal. We're just pretending that norm we are normal or we fit in. Yeah. But if you take away all the things that we are pretending to be just to be normal, to fit in, Everybody is also the same, but we don't call this normal. We call this weak or shy or bad or, you know? But I believe that we, if we take away all the bullshit that we put on top of the idea of normality, mm -hmm. normal is going to become very nice and beautiful. And yeah. Like, so natural in a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah normality is suppression. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. We normalize all the best stuff yeah, at yeah. the moment. And that's why it's so good traveling. Yes. <laughs> because like your your vision of what's normal and what's not was really really narrow when you were still at home mm -hmm. because like your culture basically your culture has a certain way to do certain thing. And and suddenly you come to a you go to Asia or could be in Africa or like and for the same things they deal with it. They have a different approach of it. They have a different way to solve the problem. And like for for you, when you arrive there, it's like, what? What's it doing? It's wrong. Like, we don't do that. And so, like, suddenly you find yourself in another culture, which do things very in a different way from your own culture, where you where you get born. And like, it's stretch your vision of what's normal and what's not. That truth or normality is relative. From depends on where where you are on the planet. Mm -hmm. And it makes me realize that that's. Yeah, what's moral and what's legal are two different things. Like in a country, like in a certain place, it's gonna be okay. Like prostitution is gonna be okay. It's gonna be legal. Morally acceptable. Yeah. And if you just move like 100 meter, no, 100 kilometers <laughs> from this place, suddenly like it's gonna be illegal or immoral. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So truth has a lot of 
things to do with space and time. Mm -hmm. 200 years ago, some things were, many things were accepted, which are not now, are an opposite. And if you are in this particular place in the planet, something's gonna be accepted. And if you move away from it and like you, you cross the border, so you are in a different country with different rules, somebody, this, this is not accepted. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, there's a big difference between like natural law and human's law yeah. or God, natural or God's law, uni universe law yeah. Yeah. and human's law. And I think like we get catch too much in the, we give too much importance to the human's law, laws, which are related. Relative, like yeah. ridiculous sometimes. As well. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and changing, you know. So if we have something that's constantly changing, how can we claim that it's absolutely true? Yes. And I, I love what you said that truth is changing in the time and space. You mm -hmm. didn't say normality or what we perceive as our life is changing. You said the truth is changing, because yes, this is what I also believe. Just truth is so subjective to all of us. Like we see truth completely different than someone else. Also, going from what you said is just we are acting now kind of with this globalization that what we who come from europe or whatever you know we are acting like we're gods and we're saying oh no no what you're doing is bad and we are the you know providers of everything that's good and morally we're gonna help you yeah yeah or you know just helping with anything like you do it you do agriculture in your way for thousands of years it's working for you but no 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 we have the best technology we're gonna work it out for you and it's so harsh because we're doing it with laws we're doing it with cultural integration and just trying to put everyone on this ship of you know economic mm -hmm. yeah um, dependence on big big corporation but it's so harsh for me to see because we're acting like we the the society we come from all three of us Basically, it's just like, oh yeah, we're the moral standard, you know, and everyone who's not at our level, even though we're selling like, like we're discussing bad things, like not, not, nothing that is human first, yeah. human centered, emotion, heartfelt, but it's just this normality we created. So the profit is the bigger and now we're acting like this is good for everyone, which is mm -hmm. so destructive. I think this is the biggest thing that's wrong with this world. It's just somebody pretending they know something for someone else. Western culture is really good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like because we economically s superior to them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, by most of the time stealing their own resu their their resources and yeah, like yeah. just concentrating everything in our country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why well we're supposed to be rich. Um, yeah, we have the right to tell them like oh we're doing that everything so much better than you. You should do like us. And if you're not. Well, we force you to do so because mm. we are the progress. Like yeah, yeah. we are the um... the first world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I had exactly this thought today when we were sitting at the bank and I had nothing to do for one hour. I was looking at the posters around and it was all of um, the advertisement was all for white family with one children, one father, one mother with English underneath. And I was like, but we're on the land of Maori who are not not white, don't speak English, you know, but mm -hmm. still, like Europeans came, had guns, they could do whatever, they said, oh, this is ours. And mm -hmm. now we're acting like, you know, white people are indigenous people of here. Like, oh yeah, do as your ancestor did or something like that, you know. <laughs> we're acting like, yeah, 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 European is the <laughs> majority yeah. or whatever. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Culture is a slow process. Yeah. Like, how certain people the way certain people behave 
is the consequences of mm -hmm. hundred and and hundred of years of behavior. And like for me, like it makes me think about the plastic situation in Asia. Mm. Like the they have a certain life, lifestyle, and most of the bag or plate or cutleries were made out of natural, uh, yeah, na natural um, material resources. Yeah. So like basically a plate when they finished eating in in the leaves uh, of of tree, like oh they just put in throw it in nature and then. There's nothing wrong, and then suddenly the Western society like just oh, but no, no, no. Now, now we have so much we more evolved than you. Like we're gonna bring plastic to you because plastic is the way. It's like it's cheap. It's uh, it's easy to carry. It's so practical. Have the plastic. Have the plastic, and then basically then just took something and like forced it, forced another culture with different behavior to use it without providing the way of recycling it. Yeah, so yeah. like this culture just kept doing the exact same thing but with another resources. And this resources with this resource is like takes hundreds of years to Yeah. But it's with everything. Like it's even more than this. It's like you bring all the plastic. Why? So that people who come to your country can eat fast and efficiently. Who are these people? Well, the white people who the money is going to anyway, you know, so it's on so many levels even, you know, um, yeah, ecologically, why why are we ecologically so like nonchalant about throwing it away and just not, not caring about whatever consequences we're making today is because it's economically viable. It's very, very efficient for all the people at the top who get all the money. It doesn't really matter. When the time comes, yeah, yeah, somebody's gonna deal with it. But the whole system is set up in such a up, upside down way, I feel like, that, oh man, it's gonna crash. So, so nice. Like, so hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I love, I can't wait for it to crash. Yeah, me too. And I know, I, I believe in this the best time when we're gonna see how it crashes. And I'm so excited <laughs> to see what follows. Yeah. I've been excited for a very long time and dreaming about this to happen and mm. now it's for me about to happen mm -hmm. it's bring a lot of anxiety to me because yeah. like basically I was just focusing on like oh the system gonna crash and we'll come back to the roots mm. and like it's gonna bring a new balance into this world and I was not focusing about all the blood and fire we need to mm. purify everything and I'm very I'm very, like I think we, New Zealand is quite a safe place, mm -hmm. but yes. like, but even here, like, I'm afraid of what's gonna happen in, in big cities. Uh, and I, yeah, I have family in Europe, and I think course, like, yeah. big things gonna happen in the next year, or next decade uh, in Europe, because if the system crash, means like the money gonna crash, and like, money is not used in a very good way. At the moment, but money is still like w one of the best tools we make human exchange mm. so easily, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. so easy, and and suddenly if money is suppressed and people are not evolved enough conscious uh, consciously, like if they don't, if the consciousness, if their consciousness is not ready to move on, well, just people gonna kill each other, because suddenly like yeah, you can. You don't have money anymore. You, okay, you, but I need food. How can I yeah, can I provide yeah. myself food? And then like when we see how people reacted uh, with the COVID situation, like 
it was not there was not even lacking of anything but just they panicked mm-hmm. they panicked and they were fighting each other each other for very small things and compared to what's gonna happen covid was absolutely nothing mm. but for me it's a beautiful just a transparency thing you know covid brought up everything that's being that was hidden before mm. i believe that everything that is and was happening due to covid is just exacerbation of what already was in place so the things that we were doing producing the structure that were ruling our behavior every day just came out to be like transparent you know now we are okay every, somebody says fight for this and we're fighting for this or discuss this and we're discussing this even though it has no value to yeah. anything it's not even important but everything that's happening is just now so much easier to see before it was for me at least a little bit hidden now it's just oh here it is we're yeah. gonna say something do something else I transparent agree with lives, you. you know. I agree with you, but I still see that people don't see this transparency. People don't want to see it. People yeah. ignore it, kind of yeah. in a way. It's it's like nobody wants to know what is actually yeah. going on. I'm hopeful. Slowly, we're gonna be forced to see. Or, yeah. I don't know. Like I have really no idea how else, but to see and trans. Like person by person. Yeah. Go go beyond this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh well. How do you, how do you feel from all that we've talked about? How do you feel about? your home or where do you come from in France and how do you feel about home as a country or as the idea not necessarily going home or not but just how how does it play a role in your life now and what's your relationship with idea of home or Europe even Mm. well now I feel I feel like split it in two parts well I'm from France uh, from Lyon like the the area yeah. i'm not really a city guy it's like um my family and i were living like 30 kilometers from lyon which is the second biggest city in france um it's not too bad for a big city but still it remains a city <laughs> i don't know i feel very like a bit um i feel split apart because i'm still very attached to my home because my family my roots my culture was well, the food I love, mm. <laughs> like just old buildings, like that's where I feel like, mm-hmm. that's where I grew up and I feel emotionally connected to it in a very strong way. But now I like, I feel totally disconnected from the people who live there. Uh, most of them are like, um, I feel split apart because yeah, my France is still my home country where my roots, my family are. All the, the, the histories, all the buildings. That's that's where I really feel home when I if I look around me. Mm. But now after traveled um, many years, like I feel very disconnected from the collective mindset. We are over there. French people often think themselves as the center of the world. <laughs> no, we do like, not. Uh, <laughs> 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 Which like it's normal. Like everybody. You perce- like use the center of your own universe, of course. but some sometimes you tend you tend to forget that other people exist in the same way you do, and I feel like sometimes Fran- France is an island, mm-hmm. where like and mm-hmm. that's why so many French people doesn't speak English because like we don't need to like we have everything we need in France and like for me I see this kind of culture um, narrow-minded. They look what's happening outside from very far and they're not really connected to what's happening outside of France. Mm. 
and and for me I think like would be very hard even if I think that's my roots and and I need my roots to digest all my traveling experience come back to normality <laughs> um, now I know I've, I would feel disconnected with most of the people around me because after experiencing all this rich this variety of culture and that's I know there's no normality there is no everybody is doing things in a different way suddenly coming back in a place where people say a lot and so with so much pride no we do it this way and that's how it's supposed to be mm -hmm. I would I would yeah I would feel so much like no but uh, uh, shut up like don't say anything because otherwise it's just gonna bring conflict and like mm. and yeah so I'm a bit lost at the moment like I just for the first time since uh, in my life since few weeks I'm starting to accept the idea that I might not settle in France or like I will mm. maybe not make my life in France It's like it's some a place I always or always gonna be connected, deeply connected with, because that's why I feel home. That's where my childhood friends are. Like that's where I grew up, and all my foundations are. But I'm not sure I could find the right environment to settle down, and that's not maybe not the um, the environment I would like to raise my kids. Mm. Or maybe it's my way of because I maybe I want to avoid conflict. I would feel like I, it would be too conflictual to go back to France. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. I, I agree with this part when you said that people are very narrow-minded because in Slovenia I saw this as well. Mm -hmm. Even though I still feel super connected and I still want to live there. But I, I know how you feel because it's hard to find the same mindset in a place where you've lived before you're traveling. Because, I don't know, not everybody goes and travels and see the world. And mm. It, it, I, I feel very judgmental when I say mm. like, oh, people in France are narrow-minded and... Yeah. Yeah. It, but true. it's like the, the cavern allegory. If when, when you've been outside and you know, well, by being outside, I mean traveling and like accepting the idea that other cultures do things or approach mm. things in a different way than you do in your own country. Once you experience that and you know that everything is related and like there's no truth, there is not one truth, but a m multitude of it. Once you experienced it, and it's just not thinking or reading about it. Once you experienced it, and you come back, in the people who who come back to people who used to live in a cavern, and they're not bad people, and but they ignore this experience and they didn't went through it. And they don't know them. Yeah. yeah. So the perception of the world is different than yours. Mm. Yeah, I f find it very um, challenging mm. to just remain yourself and not jumping into like, no, but man, you don't understand. Like you didn't, you didn't see what I saw. Like, no, that's the way of seeing things. Yeah. I have my way of seeing things. Yeah, as we say, a part of you yes. is just a view of a point. Like it's just a way to f like this glass from where I am. I'm gonna I'm gonna see it a certain way and from where you are you're gonna have a different angle and see it a different way but we're still watching the same thing. But this one even better. 
What do you see? I see a tall and pink glass with a straight line of darker pink in the middle of it. I see a metal glass with a cat with flowers in its hair. I see a metal pink glass with flowers. Ta-da! <laughs> wow, yeah, exa- and we're, talking, we're yeah. talking about the exact same object. Yeah, yeah. But because we have a different approach Amazing from thing. it. Oh, sure. boom, another, another one. <laughs> Having a different approach, uh, there's a quote I really like. Um, when people ask what's the difference between science and um, spirituality, somebody say like, oh, basically, they're talking about the exact same thing, but science is focusing on how and spirit- spirituality is focusing on why. Mm. And well, they both try to explain life. How and why. Always oh, it's how and why. Nice. Yeah. And that, that's why they should be friends. And not. Well, I see science also as a religion, like a spiritual path. It's just yeah. what, what do you believe? Oh, I believe that scientific method is going to provide me the answers. Whereas spirituality, yeah. oh, I'm going to try it, I'm going to learn about it, I'm going to contemplate on it, meditate on it, and then I'm going to find the truth. But it's just other technique of finding exactly the, the same, same thing. thing. Yeah, and they also also blind belief in science. But yeah, it's exactly. like so much more accept, accepted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you cannot, you cannot even question it. It's like because human beings have like very limited perceptions, and we um, we tend to forget that. Basically, I'm gonna take a random number, but like we might might perceive like ten or fifteen percent of mm-hmm. what's existing in the universe because mm-hmm. there there's a range of sound. You can hear c- certain sound and not others. And it doesn't mean what you can perceive doesn't exist. Like this table, I know it exists because I can see it, I can touch it, I can smell it, and like I can perceive it through my senses. So I know it exists. And the problem is like, the science is now like what you can perceive or through your senses or from scientific tools doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yes. But this is the thing, like not, not just, you said 10%. In reality, just of the electromagnetic field, of which light is one part, mm-hmm. or like, uh, yeah, light that we can sense is one part, is I believe that less than 1%, much less than 1% that we can that see. We can see. Mm-hmm. But even the instruments that we have are all based on our perception. So, okay, we just expand the eye through the all electromagnetic field. But there might as well on this table right now be something else that we cannot perceive but it's another table or another yes. being or another universe you know then, we just yeah. have no tools <laughs> yeah if you look at ultraviolet light we cannot see it but we know it exists because it damages our skin mm-hmm. but you cannot see it so yeah. yeah and then we draw conclusion like okay now we can believe in that because it's scientifically proved yeah it's like yeah, yeah from the one person <laughs> we can perceive yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, the 99 other persons still mm. affect every single aspect of our life, and we don't add it in the equation. Yeah. And where I believe it's even more clear how science is uh, faith based is when you ask people of science or a scientist, uh, you ask, What's consciousness? Well, this is and a tricky one. And a lot of times the answer is just, Oh, this is an emerging property of a brain. So mm-hmm. when you have a brain, the, a structure that is so complex and can can go through a lot of data in the time that we go through. What comes out is a consciousness. Like we know that we exist, what, what's happening. And for example, you can say, oh no, like a cow is not so, doesn't have such a, doesn't have such a, um, an amazing brain that it can mm-hmm. be conscious. So it's, let's say it's not conscious. 
Okay, because it's not telling us that it's conscious. And then you ask people like this, okay, but don't you see that the same amount of faith that you have for believing that consciousness is an emergent property is the same as if I say, oh, there is God. Who or, gave you consciousness? Yeah. Or I am God, or whatever your personal belief is of anyone who's spiritual, you know. So it's all the same, but nobody's gonna admit it. Like, no science person will go, oh, no, no, I'm a strict atheist, I don't believe in God, I think this is not provable, blah, blah, blah. But at one point, you have to believe, or otherwise it's just nothing. But on the other hand, I heard a brilliant point of how just anything that you do is based on faith. So if you believe that something is going to make your life better or more spiritually evolved or whatever it is, you do it. That's why we do all the things. But beneath it is a faith in something. So if somebody says they don't believe in anything, I say, okay, we talked about this with Josh. He said, oh, but why don't you kill yourself? <laughs> like, does, doesn't it have no sense if you don't have a faith, you know, like you don't believe in anything. Ergo, why not kill yourself? It doesn't really mm -hmm. matter. It's no, no point of being what alive. What if you don't believe in death? <laughs> well, and you should kill yourself even more, no? <laughs> Just everything experiment. is based on experiences we had, like, but we can also suppress experiences. Yes. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like, the same way, like, Charlie Chaplin was saying in the, in the Dictator, like, we think too much and feel too little, mm. because, like, we try to reason, to, um, we use too much reason to, to make everything, like, oh, that's logical or that's not logical, so it might be true or it might be not true. Mm. And even sometimes, like, this is like the normal way to deal with things. Um, for example, oh, I don't know if um, if you if you um, if you hurt yourself, you should scream and cr you should scream or cry or maybe hide that you are you in pain. Like this normal way to react. And because we all want to be normal or we don't want to be judged as abnormal, we we gonna react this way even if. If somebody is really enjoying its, its pain, mm -hmm. it won't show it to other people because it's not okay. Uh, it's not it's not a yeah. good example. But um, like you like you just said, it's sometimes it's not even us who are suppressing our experience and emotion, whatever goes with it. It's the cultural thing. It's the language. Yes. It's the way we communicate. It's the way we express. It's always with taking away some part. You have to choose what you express or how wh which part you put out mm -hmm. and mm. just. Subconsciously, it's always happening, let alone, you know, culture saying it, ah, oh, be strong, be positive, think only nice things, just smile and move on, you know, stuff like this. But yeah, now when we're doing a lot of nonviolent communication, I can see how our language is actually designed mm -hmm. in a way yeah, that, yeah. that is not allowing you to really connect yourself with the feelings or really connect with the other people and take responsibility for yourself, because it's designed in a way that we push guilt to others or that we distance ourselves from our feelings or from others or from anything that is natural to us. So we ended up not being connected to ourselves or connected to our feelings or to others. Yeah. It's the simple stuff, you know, like, oh, you make me feel sad. No, yeah. I'm sad. We just, just talked about it before. <laughs> stuff like this, but anything, yeah. you know, that you say like this, if you say you, whatever it is, it's always, you just use a word that's taking away your power, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like, but I'm not conscious of it. It's just the way I speak, you know, like, oh, I'm sad because of you. You made me sad. But this is very simple example. It's very tricky. Like in a lot of things you have this. Or like like you said, sometimes you hurt yourself and you don't feel bad. But as children we learn that you feel bad, you should scream, you should cry, you should feel bad. Yeah. It's just a wound, you know. 
then it depends. Does it hurt or doesn't it? Or <laughs> what do you need at this moment? Yeah, we never go this far, you know. We just stop it. Something happens, you should react this way. Or if you don't, you should shame this person. Uh, how are you not sad when your grandma died? But I'm so happy for her, she wanted to die. You see, it's like <laughs> people are saying the culture is like so deep in us that people are like, oh, but aren't you feeling bad? Yes, but no. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, so weird, so messed up. Yeah, when I was little, I was caught stealing something. I was 12 years old. And I felt super bad. Like, I knew it in that moment that I will never do it again, but I felt so, so bad, uh, but there was no tears or anything in me. It was just, you know, okay, this was so bad, I'm scared I will not do it again. But I felt like I really need to cry, so that people will see that I'm really mm. sorry. <laughs> so mm. I made myself cry, I, was, I really used all my power to put the tears in my eyes, because I was in a shock, and also I, I, I was just sad, I didn't want to scared, cry. Maybe. I didn't want to cry at all, but I forced myself to cry, because I thought this is gonna be the acceptable reaction mm-hmm. to being caught the student. Yes. Yeah. So and that you feel sorry. You and know, that like, I feel sorry and then yeah. they will know, oh, she's really sorry, look, she's crying. It was a bullshit crying, but... <laughs> That's amazing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we don't value our emotions, our feelings enough in a way that sometimes we just suppress themselves. Yeah. Like, even if you feel a certain way, you won't, you won't accept it because, like, the normal way of reacting is experts or psychologists say, like, Oh, in this situation, you should feel this way, and then mm-hmm. you're gonna force yourself feeling a certain way, yes. yeah. and not like, and not being conscious enough about aware enough about what's happening in your body. Like, mm. actually, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling this way. Could be like, for example, just smoking, because every, like, well, less in New Zealand, but uh, especially in France, smoking is cool, so yeah. it's supposed to make you feel cool, cool, <laughs> and. <laughs> It, for me, it was okay. as soon as as long as I was thinking, oh, that's cool. Then I was feeling alright when I was smoking. Yeah, but yeah. now, when I got rid of this fake idea, like now every time I'm smoking a cigarette, I don't I don't feel cool anymore. I just feel poisoned inside. Mm-hmm. Like and but before I could like just not thinking about this poisonous feeling inside me because my brain was sending me the signal like, no, you're doing something Ooh. cool. Yeah, yeah. And you're attracted. You're attracting people, yeah, yeah. like, and and now I'm I'm living in a different environment where smoking is not seen mainly as very cool, um, as even like it's a it's a dirty thing, like I I feel more dirty when I'm doing it, mm. and that's also a different uh, another um, subject how the env- um, your environment is shaping you. Mm-hmm. Um, you are yourself, like you have your inner strength and your own beliefs, but according in which environment you're gonna live, it's gonna shape you a certain way. Like I was always amazed, like how, um, when I was traveling, I could like I, I could feel I was like shining, or I could express mm. myself as I could express my truth way more easily, and I was more genuine and open. And every time I was going back home. After six or seven months, I was back in my old habit patterns, which was not very um, positive for me. And I was like, wow, who are you? Like, because in this place, you, it was so easy to express and to shine. And like now you're back here and you feel like, well, the, um, you're back being the, the little kid of your mom or, 
oh like you you fall back in the role you your friend was were giving yeah, to you yeah, yeah. and it just so I was wondering like oh so all your evolution or all, everything which which changed in you it didn't really change it was just like you were expressing this way because you were in this environment and now and it took me yeah a while to understand like yeah what's in me is in me but is also like it's being shaped yeah. by what's around you we exist in relation with our surrounding yeah. you said you traveled a lot for how long are you traveling now this time i left home february the 5th 2019 so it's two years and a half i would say mm. no. and before that Uh, Did you travel before as well? Ah, or? yeah. Um, no, I left home for the first time for to travel by myself in 2014 to Australia for a year. Then I spent six months in Asia. I went back home uh, for a year and a half. Then um, 2017, I think I left six, for six months in Nepal. I came back oh, wow. home for, yeah, maybe a few months. And then, like, I, I came back for a girl uh, who I thought I was really in love to. And a few months later, uh, we just broke up. Um, so I was like, okay, uh, I can't. but she was the only person like who make me back to come back to France. So I yeah, I just took time to heal myself and like just starting traveling again. Nice. And then uh, which um, which led us to 2019. Uh, I went back, I went to India for seven months and then it was supposed to be two months <laughs> and because I have three places I wanted to visit and after, in two months and after two months I didn't even leave the first one so I was like okay yeah I need some extra time um, and then after a while I was like oh, well but my plan was to go to New Zealand and India was just like kind of holiday or adventure first before. stop exactly And so in August 2019, I was like, okay, now, now like it's time to go to New Zealand. And yeah, I was in need for um, to have a Western life again. Mm, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cool. What did you do? Well, not what, but how did you do in India? What was the lesson you took from it? You still have something with you that was shaped by it? Because I hear, especially India, for, for a lot of people, is the place where I started this big part of my life after India or I learned this or yeah. it was the worst experience, experience of my ever. life <laughs> but it's always something it's never just oh yeah it was a nice country but <laughs> um, yeah it's a very intense country in a way that's basically yeah. for me it's a country of extremes mm. yeah like yeah. you jump from an extreme uh-huh. all the time can be like um, about rich and poor like you're gonna have a super rich building super clean with a beautiful ar- architecture and then walk 100 meters and you're gonna have rooms with people living in like in the middle of waste yeah, waste yeah. poo and like for the smell you're gonna smell incense and amazing mm. food and 100 meters later you're gonna smell like yeah peace and poo and garbage you're gonna make like the very disrespectful people mm. and like would just see you as a wallet with leg yeah, and don't yeah. care a lot don't care about you And then 100 meter later, like you're gonna meet like somebody so genuine and so innocent, like and basically you jump from a situ- an extreme situation to another all the time, which is very tiring, tiring for the brain. So that's why like some morning you wake up and like, 
oh, I'm angry, but I don't even want to leave this my space because <laughs> like you, <laughs> yeah, because like as soon as I'm gonna put a foot on the on the road, gonna like, oh, it's gonna be dust or something like Correct. something gonna happen and like yeah, it's gonna be like it's a storm basically. But so it takes maybe it takes maybe few one or two months to get used to it, but then when once you accept it and you become stronger emotionally and mentally because you know better how to deal with certain situation and that's why like i've been always it always make me smile when people like think like wow like india must be like india is a very is a very spiritual place they think india is a very spirit spiritual place because they believe like oh every indian is doing some yoga and meditation in the morning and and you're learning so much about spiritual practice and no, like India <laughs> make you like, it's a very spiritual place because you have to face some shits. Like mm -hmm. um, you have to face some very uneasy situation yeah. and it bring to the surface your, your own shadow. You always lived under the illusion that, oh, in this situation, I'm going to react this way. Because Western, Western life is quite a safe place, like stable and there's a lot of safety. You never encounter this situation. And like traveling in India make you encounter such a situation that basically you can actually check if if you really reacted this way once in you in yeah, this yeah. situation mm -hmm. and you have to deal with so many like there's not not such a thing as personal space in India. So you're always surrounded by people very close to you. So it's really teach you to hold your your space. Like I remember when I arrived the first time it was I spent a few weeks over there in 2019 and the first time I arrived there I wanted to leave for cheap so I was not going in a tourist uh, touristic places but just I was in a place where maybe in a, in a week I think I met like just one, one white people one white couple so I was the only wh white guy in the street and I could see like wherever I was walking every everybody was staring at me and sometimes like in a very intense way and in 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 the west you don't stare at people like for too long it's very impolite you don't feel at ease mm. so i was avoiding contacts and and basically people especially like men were looking at me in a way like i didn't know what they were thinking inside it was like oh who the fuck is this white guy here like i don't know if it was aggressive or just like oh very curious like oh who's this guy and i, I couldn't hold the space i couldn't like stare at them back and after a while i was like oh but you have nothing to be to be ashamed from like so it really um taught me or like after a while like i was like yeah they look at me well i, I look at you and and most of the time like after maybe 10 20 seconds they were they were smiling but yes. and most mm. of them and while like at the beginning i was feeling i was so scared that i was avoiding the eyes contact mm. so i was still in the eye like wow what, what do they want like to say like and and it's kind of once you it's like if once they saw like you as you were not uh, there was not a wall between you and them and you shared uh, like maybe a 10 or 15 second ice contact so I like yeah okay yeah, mm -hmm. like nice nice <laughs> yeah such, I don't know like and for me it's really really helped me to to face the situation, like to not running away from a certain situation. No, yeah, yeah. The point I wanted to make with uh, with India is like 
when you've never been there, yet, like, and you see people going there, you feel like, oh, these people are gonna grow, grow uh, spiritually by hearing like beautiful wisdom, yeah. uh, having beautiful practice every morning, eating well, and meditation, and and the things are, and I was one of them before, uh, seeing like, oh, Indian people have such an old culture, and with Ayurveda, and like, they must be so full of insights, and mm. and then, but I found myself growing spiritually, and even like emotionally, just by facing very uncomfortable situation, um, and like, which, no, nothing to be with being a hero, is like, sometimes you just feel very dirty, or like, you feel disrespected by, by somebody who didn't value you as a human being, and just the feeling inside you feels so, so wrong that it's like oh okay that's who I am like and and make you make you find your own stability and your own like strong foundation inside you because like so many conf uh, situations are uncomfortable because like no social space or because you've been disrespected by other people so you have to strength, strengthen yourself um, to not be too dependent on like you build a kind of not a shield but you learn how to protect yourself mm -hmm. and while before I was really affected by people staring at me now it's I, I, I got used to it and yeah. because when you think about it like why should I feel so uncomfortable just because somebody's looking in my eyes is like yeah it's intense but I shouldn't feel weak or, or shame of looking somebody in the eyes. Oh, Sip, do you maybe remember when was the first time we met? Yes, uh, you were eating close to your cow in Lunasa. We met even before, the two of us. It was on a workshop and the first thing we did was we stared, stared in each other's eyes for like 30 seconds and that's all. <laughs> mm, did we talk? No, just that. In the Tantra? Yes, Tantra. Ah, Worship. ecstatic Tantra. Yes, uh, Tantra presence. presence. Yeah. Renexu. Yeah. Renexu, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, this woman was just amazing. I know. Is amazing. Beautiful. Yeah, I think that has been like this this workshop, the ecstatic Tantra presence, and the Matthew. Oh, yeah. Matthew oh, yeah. workshop. Matthew, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it brought so much to me, like just yeah, yeah. very powerful. So, what from India you're saying that you learned? the most or anything from the hard experiences not from the beautiful birds flying around and eating nice breakfast while doing yeah. yoga <laughs> just by by walking in cow poo and <laughs> by having to face the dust and the dirtiness yeah, yeah. yeah for example having all these little kids like looking at you so desperately like oh money 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 like asking for money and and like, well, the, um, we always have this picture of the good Western guy, like, oh yeah, 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 take some, like, some candy, yeah, some candy, and like, and then like you just, but then like once you're there, you know that's one of the worst thing to do, because if you make them think like, oh, they can actually live their life by begging or asking things, you give them the proof that yeah, yeah. Mm. they could do it, and so you have just to, you don't have to. But in a way, like, I forced myself of, like, watching at them, I say, no, no, I won't give you anything. And just facing this, well, this dirty world, like, where people such in, live in such a misery. And there's things you can do about it. 
but just being nice in the street and give them candy or money is not the nice thing to do. Yeah, I guess it's it's easier said than done, but yeah, like school or proper education, if they have access to it. Ooh, and I think in India all, there's like many ways to have many uh, associations uh, to help poor people. You cannot try to make them understand like, no, you, but it's futile because yeah, they're like, no, but you should go to school and learn how to, yeah, yeah. To, to do anything <laughs> yeah or maybe not at school but you you should learn a skill yeah mm-hmm. and at least maybe like st- street performance it can be seen as as begging for a while but like doing art to entertain people is not begging like you still you you receive something from people but yeah. you give something mm-hmm. in and yeah like i think sometimes um, the best way to help people is not to to give them what they need to to receive but to let them do something by themselves and not like not to give them the fish but to teach them how to catch a fish yes <laughs> exactly because like as long as if you if you give them the fish they're always gonna rely on you and like ignore their own strength or and their their own like potential yeah that's some I think it was Alan Watts the, uh, the real master is not the master having the biggest number of students but it's the master who produce the biggest amount of other masters. Because mm. like it's really easy to keep the to keep the students relying on you for your own wisdom and always like hiding the truth who's gonna set him free because you still want to keep him and because he gi- give you money or mm. it gives you it oh. make you feel important. But yeah, it's like making people not rely on you and and yeah, oof, that's something I'm trying to work on, but. I, I get stuck for so many years being like seeing myself as a nice guy that's even like an it's really hard for me to help to disconnect myself from this picture of because yeah you want to be loved so sometimes you do what people expect from you or for example like I'm not saying if I think about some something about somebody and I know that hearing it would help him to realize something if I know this is gonna hurt him or her yeah I'm not always telling it Mm-hmm. While if I'm really like if I would be if I really want to be supportive to people, it's also like putting your own ego aside and accept that they might dislike you for saying that. But on the long run, it's gonna give them the, um, spark. the spark to like, wow. Because sometimes when something is true, it hurts you more than when you know it's not true. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And and we don't always want to to hear the truth. Mm. Course, I think yeah. this is also part of non-violent communication. It's telling this truth in a way that's not about you, but it's about the message, you know. So you yeah. say, look, I'm not against you, and I want you to hate me or anything. It's not, I'm doing it because I don't like you. It's just, I feel, and that, I don't know, whatever you do is, in a way, blah, blah, blah. Whatever is your message, but... But they're still gonna suffer. Yeah, yeah. But, but you can be, you can give them compassion, yeah, and yeah. empathy, and listen to them while they they can express and let everything out as a reaction. But yeah, it's yeah. at the end, it's their work. Yeah, I think because yeah, if you if you do it the wrong way, they can still channel the the suffering mm-hmm. into you yeah, yeah. and like bl- staying blind by like oh this guy is just. Asshole. Asshole. Uh, dickhead. Cause like I don't like the way he say that to me, and like yeah, yeah. he's so judgmental, and and then don't realize the real reason why they're suffering is because 
it triggered something in them, yeah, and like yes. they know it's there's a part of truth inside. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't give them anything to grab to grasp on you, like because you made your point that I don't want to hurt you, like it's for your own good that I'm telling you that. And if you do it correctly, because <laughs> sometimes the intention is not yeah, yeah. enough. It's a bit of um, like if they find themselves, oh, like what he said to me really hurt me, but why, why, why am I suffering? Because like he did it in a very loving way. So they have nothing to grasp to put their suffering into you. Oh, you're not a guilty one. I mean, oh, if it's still tr- triggering me, or if, if I'm still suffering from it, it's because of the message itself and not the truth, there's a message itself and not the person who mm-hmm. told it. Mm-hmm. So, I'm really keen to learn more about that. I'm excited as well. Yeah, deep stuff, deep stuff. But really profound stuff that you shared. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. I love this, like all this ping pong discussion. Mm. Like somebody says something and like, it makes you think about something. So like, oh yes, yeah, it makes me this. And yeah. so you said it and it's like, sends a ball to you and like make me think make you think about something else and sometimes you end up saying things like you didn't know mm-hmm. before the conversation mm-hmm. started yeah and like oh i had this experience with a beautiful japanese guy in, in australia like every single time we start talking like it always lasts minimum for 40 minutes or one hour or sometime an entire afternoon just because like we're just like exchanging and like i was saying something I, and like it was like inspiring him and he was answering me back and like mm. we're just answering to each other all the time Opening and like we're going face. so high like it's like a spiral thing yes. like yes. always going up, up up and at the end like but you go out of your mind you you lose your senses and you just not in automatic mode but you let words go out of you like you think aloud mm. and like suddenly you come back to you like whoa what am what am i saying like wow i never i've never figured out that before like where does it come from? It was not in the. It was not in my storage, in my mm. brain storage, and yeah, it made me think that idea just passing through. And when you connect with somebody with special, I don't know, vibration, energy, or in the same mindset, and you open to it, and you're not like just put the shield out, or what are you supposed to say, and what you're not supposed to say, but allows uh, the idea or the thoughts to flow, and to express them aloud. Yeah, beautiful things can happen. Mm. Also, yeah. this happens to me when I'm writing as well. I'm writing and then at some point I'm like, oh my god. It's like I figure out the whole new world just by writing it. And if mm-hmm. I would think it, I would never come to yeah. the same conclusion, to the same stuff. Yeah. So there might be like a, a similar process mm. in it. Like, happening. Because yeah. when you're thinking, you're talking with yourself. Yeah, exactly. So... And writing it down... It makes it more... I have to compress it a lot, I mean, because mm-hmm. you cannot write everything and maybe it's like talking with the universe when I write it or something. Reorganizing your thoughts. Yeah, reorganizing my thoughts. Something I learned in a Vipassana practice I found really useful and brought a lot of insight. It was like... How... Mm. Basically experiencing your, um, your own truth. Mm. Um, so basically in a Vipassana meditation, well, I, I received, I received it this way, but like the, the teach you that there's always a, kind of the same process going on through, uh, through your body or your, your mind, mind body. 
is like they spread the thoughts, then uh, the thoughts gonna create a sensation, um, because you're gonna label your thoughts, and like it's gonna create a sensation. The sensation gonna create an emotion, and then the emotion is gonna create well an action, mm. and if the um, because we label everything, um, like good or bad, it's gonna like some thoughts gonna cr some thoughts gonna create a pleasant sensation or unpleasant sensation, and according to this sensation, if it's a pleasant emotion uh, sensation, it's gonna create a pleasant emotion. Uh, if it's unpleasant sensation, it's gonna create an unpleasant uh, emotion. Like if if I I don't know if I if I think about um, a old girlfriend I had who um, who broke with me like in a very not really a nice way and like very uh, violent. Yeah, basically, if I have a thought about something who make me feel guilty or weak, it's gonna create like a body sensation, and and this body sensation is gonna, for example, boiling like I gonna feel heat, and then like from this sensations gonna arise like. Uh, an emotion like anger and because the anger I'm gonna let the anger control me I'm gonna act like blindly and or unconsciously what I like with Vipassana is like it teach you how to to be very aware of what's going on in your body and then like even before you let it's not about controlling the emotions because you can't control your emotions because you can't control your thoughts but it's more about not letting the emotions of the thoughts controlling you. So the more aware you are, the more able you are to catch the thought or the sensation or the emotion before it produces the action. Mm -hmm. And so it's not about be becoming a, a vegetable like with no emotion or like <laughs> just very, very flat and like Vegetable. very equanimous and like no you don't smile anymore because you oh yeah I can feel I'm happy but no I don't like the action it's more about like you get more freedom because you're more aware of you don't act blindly anymore unconsciously mm -hmm. and, and sometimes it's yeah it's so funny that you start feeling an emotion it's like oh, I feel, oh yeah and you just connect like you focus on something is going on in your body and like oh yeah I have a ball in my uh, solar plexus and like just by observing it mm -hmm. and being aware like oh I have this sensation oh that's why I feel very insecure or at ease at the moment it's just a body sensation and because like there's always a little voice um, which is hard to ignore sometimes like well basically there's sometimes the little voice make makes you gonna feel like shit yeah. uh, like you, uh, yeah. yeah and worth uh, oh you're a piece of shit or you're not really it's gonna make Good you feel enough. weak, yes. yeah. And but it's just a thought, and and because you have this thought, you're gonna feel like very unatis, and because you feel unatis, you you're gonna believe that, yeah. Well, I feel like a piece of shit, so I'm a piece of shit. Well, it's just a thought. It is just everything started with started with a thought, and you made the the choice which is like um, conscious or unconscious to believe what this thoughts the message but like it's just a mental construction is nothing else mm. and yeah just by having being more aware of what's going on in my head or in my body I was more able to put more distance uh, between this little monkey voice 
and who I feel I am. So yeah, most of the time, it's a thought is just a judgmental level, and you don't have to take it as, um, what the expression? As reality. Yeah, exactly. And that's really helped me to redefine myself. Mm. I think that's that would be helpful for that's helpful for many people just to make so many unconscious patterns become conscious. Mm. So it doesn't mean like you're gonna solve all your problem or I'm still going through emotional um, uh, storms or even like I can't I can't control my brain. Some some days my thoughts gonna be very stormy or very confused but i know that that's that's what's happening right now but it's not who i am mm. it's just it's, it's part of the whole process it's part of the big picture but it's gonna pass so yeah sometimes how i feel is not who i am it's just i'm feeling this way now and that's the part of i think of what when the buddha talked like we we live in illusion is because like the illusion is the, the body sensation, like we, we are wired to a certain thought with judge negative, gonna produce a certain sensation, and once you, you, unwire this, the same thoughts won't make you feel a certain way, like the same way as before. I, to, I'm trying to make it short because I have two very interesting experiences. Uh, the first the first experience was at my first course, Vipassana course. I think it was um, on the sixth or seventh day. Could you explain what Vipassana is or how yes. you experienced it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. everybody's clear. So basically, the um, Vipassana retreat, as taught as Goenka, uh, which is supposed to be the, the closest version to what the Buddha was teaching at his time, was uh, it's a 10-day retreat where there is, you don't speak, Basically, you don't have any entertainment. Um, you're not allowed to read, you're not al allowed to do exercise, you're not allowed to write, not to speak. Um, basically, anything except, uh, well, sleeping, eating, and um, and meditating. <laughs> uh, you can walk in the garden uh, during the breaks, but like it's, most of the time it's a very bo boring, ga simple garden. Um, and and basically you um because you um you can't entertain yourself um you really um you're alone with yourself there is no like sometimes you, you have some thoughts you have in your head and you don't want to focus on best thoughts so you're just gonna switch on the tv or open a book or go to see your friends to talk about things and have a drink or and this time you're not allowed you're not allowed to do that so whatever comes to your in your head you kind of have to face it because you you're alone with yourself, mm. and and so like during these ten days, um, you um, you meditate between ten and twelve hours a day, and during this ten or twelve hours of meditation, after the um, during the fourth the fourth first day, um, you're allowed to move and to find like during meditation to find you the best position um, and at the fourth day they teach you the real technique of Vipassana mm. which is bas basically body scanning and so you um, you sat uh, in silence as always and you focus on the sensation what you feel in your body by pa part by part 
And basically during this 10, 10, 12 hours of meditation, there's three hours a day, once in the morning, one afternoon and one of the evening. When they ask you, they call it strong determination meditation. It's like during one hour, um, you have to try your best to not move your legs, your arms, or open your eyes. Mm. And that's what the most challenging part for, well, most of the people, because you have to learn how to deal with pain. Like for everybody, it's a different part of the body. Some people it's in the back. For me, it was in my knees. And to stay still and not, they want you to stay equanimous and not react to thoughts or to sensation. And because we are, we live in a world, we encourage you reacting to everything, social media, or like mm -hmm. as, as soon as you, you see something, you have to react to show like, so I react, so I am. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you have to, um, and basically, and people who doesn't react, I've seen like, I've seen as like, oh, they're boring, like they don't give anything to, they don't show their emotion, they don't, and, and suddenly like, you were in a situation when you are trying to not react to anything, mm. to your thoughts or to... And when your knees are killing you and you try... Your whole body like is urging you like, just move, move, like let the pain stop. Well, it's... The brain can use like so many tricks to, um, to make you move, like just through thoughts uh, once again. And basically the, the teacher is telling you like, most, most of the pain is in your mind. You feel it in your knees, but it's not in your knees, it's in your mind. Because, wow, that's a teacher, that's the expert. I was like, well, I choose to believe him. It's a blind, in, uh, blind faith, I'm aware of it, but it's so much experience than me, so it should be right. But the thing is, but inside I was feeling the whole time like, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, I can accept this and this, but like, no, like the, like the pain is in my knees, like, it's so it's so painful at the moment, like stop saying it's, it's in your mind because no, I can feel it in my knees and it's no way, it's just because I was thinking like, oh, it's in my mind, it's just illusion or it's just my imagination. No, it's, I can feel the pain, it's not my imagination. And they were also saying like, yeah, don't worry about it because sensation like thoughts are just passing by. Mm. And I wanted to believe in it, but my own experience was proving me the exact opposite. Because like, well, the pain doesn't pass, like it passed only when I move my legs. So it was, uh, I think, on the sixth or seventh day. And it was one of these uh, one hour meditation. And after 35, 40 minutes, it was always becoming very painful for me. And the 20 last minutes were lasting hours and hours. Like, and, but I, I'm a very, um, I'm very proud and I didn't want to be a loser. So I was like, <laughs> no, you won't move like whatever. Um, well, I'm, you're not enjoying the pain, but like, I don't want, I don't, yeah, I don't want to feel like a loser. So I'm gonna, I, I won't move until the end. So I was trying to f not focus too much on the pain. And suddenly like, I, it was one of my, the most painful uh, meditation like day I ever had since the beginning. And suddenly I didn't move or anything. And the pain in my knees went to, to 80% to 0%, like just, up disappeared. Suddenly I was like, whoa, what's happening right now? Like I could still feel my knees, but like all the tension and all the pain were just gone. And so first first realization was like, wow, the teacher was right. Like the sensation of thought are just they're passing away. They're passing by. They're not like what I feel now is gonna it's gonna pass by. So I shouldn't worry too much about it because it's impermanent. So I, I was kind of very glad and 
But the most amazing thing is like, since that happened, like I never experienced pain again the same way as before. Just because mm. before it was something I, I was perceiving as the truth, mm -hmm. what the truth the teacher said, and the truth became my truth because I experienced it. It was not like just something of blind faith, but because I experienced this truth in my body, I make it mine. Knowledge. And basically, just because the brain knew that for sure, like all the, um, the rest of the time, all the other meditation I did, the pain was always appearing after 35, 40 minutes. But as soon as the, the pain was appearing, because I had a different relationship with it, I knew like, okay, oh, the pain is coming back, but well, it won't last, so I was not worried about it. So basically, the, um, the pain was like just so, so much less painful. And it was funny because it's just the brain. Basically, the, part of the pain was, was due of the tension in my knees, but my brain was so... My brain was making it worse by like, oh, make it stop, make it stop, make it stop. Like, I was too focused on it and lab labeling it as painful and unpleasant sensation that once I experienced in my body like, oh, I knew it it would pass away. I was not worried about it anymore. And the pain, the pain was like not very painful anymore. I was just amazed how the, the brain could change your sense of reality. Mm. Like until now I was always like, oh no, the pain is coming back and like, I'm gonna have like 20 minutes of suffering and I already knew what gonna happen. And once I experienced like, oh, it disappeared and like nothing to be worried about it. I was not worried and the, the physical sensation was not the same as before. Just because the the mind just underst understood or yeah, grasped yeah. something, I found this yeah this experience very, very interesting. Amazing. What's the other story? Uh, it has something to do with labeling a sensation. That on my second class of second vipassana retreat, because like in between I used to meditate one hour a day, so it became very like now I can meditate one hour without having any pain because my body and my mind are used to it. So I could like keep. I was meditating one hour a day without any feeling any pain and suddenly I was back in the retreat meditating 10 hours a day so the pain came back and I was not used to having pain anymore so I had to restart the process once again uh, but already knowing that it, it yeah. would pass yeah. so my life was my life was was more easier than the new student yeah, yeah. and basically I was like yeah my knees were really painful at one moment once again more than usual and I knew like I still have like 20 or 10 um, still 10 or 20 minutes to meditate before the uh, the end of the session and it was so painful that that yeah my thoughts I was like oh no no like please I want the I want the gong to open right now I want to stop meditating and like suddenly I catch myself like focusing too much on my thought and labeling this emotion and I just a sentence the teacher said before I was like yeah you you feel because you label such one sensation as painful or not, so it's gonna happen. Mm. And I was like, oh wait, like, until now I was experiencing pain in my knees, and I just decided consciously like to, to pay closer attention to why am I actually feeling in my knees? And the second after, like the, something really strange happened, the sensation stayed, so I, I could still feel the tension in my knees, but the pain stopped. So like the first experience was like every, the pain vanished and the sensation changed. 
So from tension, I could feel like something very warm in my knees, but this time it was different. The sensation kept being the same, but my perception of it was totally different. So it was like I could still feel the tension, but I was not relating the tension to, oh, it's unpleasant sensation, it's, it's pain. Just, yeah, sometimes it's like, it's, it's coming back to what the society telling us to think or to, if you don't pay cl close attention to things, sometimes like you have an experience, but from this experience, because you know you're supposed to react a certain way, you won't really connect with, oh, what am I feeling actually? Like, you know that you should feel guilt in a certain situation. So if you fall in the street, for example, you're gonna feel like guilty for like a week. Um, shame. Sh uh, shame, thank you. Because your brain is like, oh, it's time to feel ashamed now. Yeah. Well, it's unconscious. It just happened because you're not aware of actually like what's happening in your body. But if you fall in the street and like scanning your body before, like, and don't let the thoughts of you should feel ashamed, make make his way away through you, then you might not end ending up feeling ashamed because you interrupt the process before it happened. So yeah, it was a very interesting experience of like not labeling. I, I thought I was I was not labeling things, but there is always there is always a deeper way. You can always dig deeper and deeper. Because so far I was like, oh okay, I feel this unpleasant sens sensation. It's painful. Painful pain is bad. And I was stuck in this at the level of like, oh, pain is bad. So I was, first I was training like, okay, I'm feeling pain, but no, it's not bad. It's, um, it's pain, but it can be good or bad. And this time I was like, oh, I have this sensation. It's painful. Is it painful? Oh, wait. Yeah, well, it's, it's unpleasant. I can, but it's not as painful as I thought it was. When, when I paid close attention to... Yeah, that's a world of illusion in, in a way. That you you jump to conclusion even before analyzing it. Mm, thank you. Yeah, that's, we touched so many things. <laughs> and, no, everything connects so beautifully, as I said before. It's yeah. amazing with the whole circle Good. everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we're going to be forced to do another one at some point. Sooner or later. <laughs> you have so many amazing um, things to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would love it. Yeah. So thank you for everything. Yeah. And just for the end, we invite you to to do like a, a quick answers to the quick questions. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the first question, my favorite one. Can I lie? Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> <laughs> you can do whatever you want. You're completely yeah, yeah, yeah. free. And you can also say I don't want to answer. Okay. okay. No, I, I don't want to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, my favorite question is, what advice would you give to yourself five years ago? Five years ago. Uh, or maybe 2014 when you started traveling, oh, before you went on the way. Mm, that's an interesting... Mm. What is that? Seven years? Seven, let's say. Be proud of who you are, even of your weaknesses. Mm. Nice. Well, that is only for French people. What's your favorite patisserie in Viennoiserie? <laughs> oh, that's a very difficult one. <laughs> There's from so many... The, from all the deep questions, you find this one difficult. I love it. Yes. It's easy to know what advice you would give yourself. I love um, it. <laughs> I won't compare things who cannot be compared. <laughs> wow. That is deep. Nice. Okay. What's the biggest skill to have in life? Compassion. 
Oh, you're my favorite answer. Oh my god, <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. <coughs> so um, imagine yourself living at one point of your life in a house or in a place or somewhere that you're like, this is my home. What's in that place? One piece of furniture or a thing or a room or a place that you would like to create? What's your one thing that you have in mind that oh, I really wish to have this when I'm grown up or... Hat <laughs> um, room? Express, like a room where you can express yourself through, uh, through different media. So like a music studio, mm -hmm. something to draw, some paper, some pen, uh, some toys to play with. And yeah, and invite people in this safe space for a few hours and like just they could pick whatever they want and express themselves with. Oh, we did once, you know, we lived up in Aratangi and we did a exactly evening that. like this. Yeah, we put some music and put a place where you could dance and we put some drawings and papers and everything so people could draw. And, and then people brought instruments and they were playing so it was expressing on all the level and people were cooking. So they were expressing and cooking and drawing and dancing and music. And it was just yeah. art, you know, everything was art. Yeah. Was At the end, the police had to come and <laughs> stop the party. Stop expressing yourself, guys. <laughs> guys, you're very loud. You're, you're threatening the normality here. <laughs> no, no but I had, um, because I want to live in a tiny house or in a bus. So mm. it might not be possible in this bus, but once I have a land, the, um, I was thinking it's thinking about it but like the mystery school really brought me the answer a yurt, a yurt? once you have a yeah. land you just put oh, a yeah, yurt exactly. we, we lived in a yurt so we did this in a yurt oh, i wanted to ask you this what is your biggest vision like what's your wildest dream what do you want to do in life before you die i think yeah having a piece of land when people can come and feel safe and like just mm. go with the front gardening or cooking or nice. i want to take care of people mm. And it's so good. I have to take care of myself first. And I, I would love basically having a piece of land where I could grow most of my own food. Mm. And basically people would just, people are facing doubts about like, are a bit lost in their life, could just sleep in a tiny house or like, or in a tent or whatever in the garden and have a, like escape, escape for a little while there on this crazy world and just find a piece place of peace mm -hmm. where you have good food you have open communication with human and you can just let show your weaknesses to everybody where you you can be nobody basically mm -hmm. and well and and, everybody. and you and everybody yeah and i would love i would love running this place mm -hmm. running a place like this was like for i still have to make a living and to but like as cheap as possible, being able to give good food to people and advising people and sharing my experience of what mm. I've gathered, all the experience I gathered during my travels, or my life, not only my yeah. travels, but sometimes going back home was also very good mm. teaching. Uh, somewhere in nature, where people can have good, positive experience about life and just let go. That's a beautiful mission. Mm. I love it. <laughs> so for the last one, um, who are you? <laughs> a no. simple, a simple. No, Just we, a simple we, question. We so, when you look at how we raise children in our society right now, what do you not agree with, and what what would you do differently, basically? What is one thing that you would change about raising children in the society, basically you grew up? That's the only one you know. 
I already know what I want to answer. I just searching the one, the competition, mm. the um, always giving marks, <laughs> the, the children rewards, like the punishments exactly, and labeling people are like you smart, you not, because mm -hmm. um, basically it's just teach you that you're in competition with everybody, then mm. you would suppress yourself and you you will it teach you like to everybody's it, against yeah. You you just need to do whatever you need to do to be on the top mm. and whatever it takes and which is sometimes just disrespecting crushing others disrespecting others it's like are you at the top of your at the bottom and there's nothing in between mm -hmm. and you're forced to do things you don't even want to do just because yeah. somebody says this is the good thing like this is the mark or whatever you're exactly for. and that you have to make your way to the top mm -hmm. and if you're not if you're not making your way to the top then you're gonna be a loser mm -hmm. and i think it's lead people to um like the vision of power is like oh i want to have it leads children to think oh i want to have power over people rather than i have i want to have power with other mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like this fast, uh, fast answer. Mm. Like because it's simple question, and because I'm not thinking too much. Yeah, do you want more? Mm. Oh yeah, it's okay. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have more, but otherwise. No, no, no. no, no. Yeah, it's no, just about perfect. The, the last one. Take, yeah. Yeah. Then I would like to thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much, Steve. You, you told us so many incredible things. I can't wait to listen to it again. Really, yeah. <laughs> it was thank a pleasure. Thank you so much. Love you. Thank you to remind me that even if you don't see it, the light in ourselves is always here. You just like <sighs> blow on myself to remove the clouds. <laughs> and like, nice. I feel I feel wet. I feel so much better than before we started. Mm, I'm so happy. Thank you. I hope everybody listening as well. <laughs> yeah. Have a beautiful day. Thank you for listening. Love bye you. Bye bye. bye.